welcome to another episode of Nipe Story. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short story fiction from Kenya and across the continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. And on today's episode, we welcome back A. Ndui Mudachi and his story, At the Party. These parties will be the death of me, Amy thought as she stepped into the ballroom at the Hilton. She had barely slept in two days. Her head was aching and her mood was getting worse by the minute. She did not want to be here. Still, she had promised Lynn, so she was um, at least going to stay for a while. If this turns out to be boring, as I expect it to be, I'm going to kill her. The turnout was decent considering the ticket price. Who am I kidding? These YPA functions are always sold out, she thought. The Young Professionals Association was the in thing for all the yuppies in town. Anyone who was going to be someone was a member. So when they organized one of their social networking events, people were clamoring to attend regardless of the cost. Amy looked around, hoping she would see someone she knew. She wasn't in the mood to make new friends, not to mention the pickup lines that often came her way. She knew she was a stunning woman. It wasn't a matter of vanity, merely a fact she had come to terms with earlier on in life. Just once she wished she could meet a man who could hold a decent conversation with her rather than her cleavage. D'Angelo's brown sugar was playing in the background. Amy was thankful that at least the music was good. As she scanned the room, she saw a man sitting alone at a table across the room. Her eyes locked with his, and despite herself, she didn't look away. He smiled politely and gave her a slight nod, then went back to his drink. She was a bit surprised that he didn't ogle at her like most men did. Maybe there was hope for the male species after all. It was awkward standing in the middle of the room, so she made her way to the bar. She figured she could have one drink, stay a maximum of half an hour, then leave. The bartender was busy, so she was forced to wait. She hoped he would hurry up. Her patience was wearing rather thin. May I buy you a drink? A voice behind her asked. She turned to see the man from across the room. He had an easy smile, a confidence about him that inexplicably irked her. She looked him up and down, sizing him up openly. I'm a bit out of your league. You sure you can afford it? She asked derivously. She expected embarrassment, a witty comeback, or at least some anger. The smile she received threw her off. It was one of genuine amusement. He cocked his head without a word. The look on his face as he left made her feel extremely small. It was like he was saying he would come back when she grew up a bit. She was in shock. No one had ever dismissed her so casually. It stung. She felt she ought to say something, but he was already gone. Her ego was screaming for bloody murder. 
The little voice in the back of her head, however, was being more sensible. It said she deserved that, and with a sigh she forced herself to accept it was right. May I take your order? The bartender finally asked. She made a decision as he did. Two vodka martinis, please. Shaken and hold the olives. Coming right up, she paid him, picked up the drinks and went in search of the man. He was back at his original table. His expression was unreadable as he watched her approach. She almost changed her mind, but she swallowed her pride and uh, kept walking. To what do I owe the honour? He asked with a slight hint of mockery. It's an apology, she replied, offering the drink. I was out of line back there. He accepted the glass graciously and raised it in thanks. He gestured to the seat opposite him and she joined him. You know a, a simple yes or no would have sufficed. I know. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. I get grouchy when I'm tired. Fair enough. Just let me know if you're done for the night. I don't think I could um, withstand another scathing attack. I thought you handled yourself quite well. Looks can be deceiving. Inside, I was calling for my mummy. She laughed at the small joke. He simply smiled in return. A pleasant, genuine and disarming smile. She took a sip from her drink to hide the colour she felt rushing to her face. There was a moment of silence. I'm Jason, by the way. Amy. They shook hands. His grip was strong. It's a pleasure to meet you, Amy. You're right, she snorted in a rather unladylike manner. She almost panicked, thinking it might put him off. What is the matter with you? Why should you care what he thinks? Her ego asked. Because I think he's cute, she replied, realizing it was true. Now that she'd taken time to look him properly, she found he was very good-looking. His dark hair set off his blue eyes in a way that made him intense. She was having problems looking into them very long. This might um, sound corny, but have we met before? You're right, she replied. Excuse me? It does sound corny. <laughs> no, seriously, he chuckled. You look um, pleasantly familiar. I guess I just have one of those faces. It was a rehearsed response. She'd used most of the time someone tried that line on her. Now it felt odd because his question seemed genuine. Hmm, he said, clearly not convinced. He shrugged, putting the matter aside. So, Amy, what do you do for a living? Why don't you take a guess? Uh, that'll be tricky. I've never been good at guessing games. Off the cuff, uh, I'd eliminate modeling. Why? She asked, a bit alarmed. Part of her felt he was trying to say she wasn't uh, attractive enough. He must have sensed it because he smiled reassuringly. Well, you certainly have the looks. I just don't think um, you'd enjoy the attention. That's true, she seated, relaxing somewhat. You don't um, look like a doctor. Oh, 
What does a doctor look like? Hmm, um, um, good question. I guess I just have a hard time picturing you in a lab coat. Now, uh, a nurse's uniform, that I'd pay to see. Amy flushed at the suggestion. He wore a broad grin and looked just about as unapologetic as could be. She took a sip of her drink and said nothing for a moment. Well, are you going to tell me? Tell you what? What you do. Oh, what's the matter? Given up on guessing? Not really. It's just I don't want to get slapped on our first date. Oh, you think this is a date? Of course. Don't you? He flashed at that smile again. Suddenly the room felt warmer. She wondered if he knew the effect it had. Um, I'm a lawyer with a firm in town. What kind of law do you practice? Civil law. Ah, now I remember when I'd seen you before. It was on TV a few days ago. You're handling that high-profile lawsuit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that, that couple that's suing um, the chemical plant. Yeah, that's me. Wow, I'm on a date with a celebrity, no less. The look of mock awe on his face had her laughing easily. It struck her just how long it had been since she'd been with the man who could make her laugh. <laughs> and um, what about you, Jason? Apart from offering drinks to strange women, what do you do? I'm an engineering consultant. Oh, whom do you work for? Myself, actually. I have uh, my own firm. Impressive. Not really. I've never been good at following other people's orders. With my own firm, I, I get um, to be the one on top and I like it. I see. His self-confidence was just bordering on arrogance. She liked that in a man. Oh, stop it, the little voice said. Stop what? She asked innocently. She chose to ignore it. Don't play coy with me, missy. She chose to ignore it. Do you like it too? Like what? She asked, a bit confused. Oh, being on top. The look on his face was difficult to interpret. Either he was being suggestive or... He was oblivious to the double entrant. You must have been a very naughty boy growing up. I still am. This time the smile came with a twinkle in his eye. Much to her chagrin, she felt her face becoming hot again. The music changed from neo-soul to salsa. Some clear space in the room became an impromptu dance floor. Would you like to dance? Are your feet in short? What's life without a few risks? He asked, laughing at her assertion. He stood up and offered his hand. What's the harm in a little dance? She thought as she put her drink down. She took his hand and followed him as he led her to the dance floor. He was a great dancer. She was thankful for the classes she'd been taking. Otherwise, next to him should have embarrassed herself. In perfect balance, assured of every step, 
he twirled her around and span her into his arms. As they moved, his arms wrapped around her waist and he held her close. Everything around them disappeared. Her blood was rushing, her heart pounding, and it wasn't only from the dancing. It was unexpected and exhilarating. Three songs later, they were back at their seats. That was fantastic, she said. She sounded like a giddy schoolgirl, but uh, she didn't care. I'm glad um, you enjoyed it. I know I did. You're a great dancer. In the back of her mind, she recalled an article in a magazine that related a man's dancing to his skill in bed. For a moment, she pictured him naked with her. A penny for your thoughts. Huh? Ripped from her fantasy, she was lost for a moment. What she had just been thinking made her face flush again. I was just wondering what um, made you blush like that. Her eyes felt like they were burning. Finding nothing adequate to say, she picked up a glass and finished a drink. You didn't really want to be here tonight, did you? Not really, she replied. Glad to change the subject. I was at a party last night, then a luncheon earlier today. Uh, I just wanted to rest. What happened? My best friend Lynn is what happened. She's the one who's a member of the YPA. She had the ticket but couldn't make it. She convinced me to come instead. Didn't want the ticket to go to waste. I'm curious. Why aren't you a member? It's not really my cup of tea. These social events thinly disguised as networking opportunities don't have much appeal for me. And uh, yet you came tonight. And yet I came. The things we do for friends, huh? He cocked his head again as he spoke. Have you always cocked your head to the side like that? It reminds me of a puppy. A puppy? I, I, I don't know whether to be flattered or insulted, but uh, I guess um, that depends on whether you're a dog or cat person. Oh, definitely a dog person. In that case, I'd love to be your puppy. You never quit, do you? Where's the fun in that? He countered with a twinkle in his eye once more. It occurred to her that for all his flirting, his gaze hadn't gone below her island once. She called her passing waiter and took a glass of complimentary wine from him. So tell me, Amy, have you ever had um, a multiple orgasm? <laughs> she choked and almost dropped her glass. She was close to slapping him when she saw the look on his face. He was baiting her. A bit late, she realized he was referring to the cocktail. You're incongruable. You deserve a good spanking. Is that a promise? The smirk on his face was positively decadent. You're enjoying this, aren't you? The voice asked. Oh, yes. And I don't intend to let it end here. If you've got any objections, now's the time to raise them. She took the silence as consent. Jason, I could do with um, some fresh air. Would you mind walking me? 
Not at all. I hear the view from the balcony here is to die for. Shall we? He gestured for her to lead the way. She headed to the back of the room where the door to the balcony was. What she was about to do was very unlike her. The break from the norm was exciting. She got the feeling he was watching her, so she added a bit more sway to her lips. She opened the door, looked back, and gave him a naughty smile. The suggestion was clear, but she figured they'd play the game a bit longer. Stepping out into the night air, she saw they were alone. A chill breeze blew and she shivered involuntarily. Goosebumps rose on her skin. Unbidden, the thought of what the cold would do to her nipples came to mind. This time, she didn't blush, but she was glad her back was still to him. The smile on the face would give her intentions away. She heard the door click shut. Absently, she wondered if they were locked out. All the better if we are, she thought. Now, fully in the role of the seductress, she sauntered forward. Almost at the balcony's edge, she turned around. She only had a moment to wonder why she was staring at a gun barrel before the world went white. Jason's hand recoiled as he pulled the trigger. The surprised expression on her face faded rapidly as a spark of life was extinguished. He stepped forward and caught the dead weight before she fell to the floor. Moving out of the view of anyone inside, he laid her body gently on the ground. He put the gun away and stepped back. He couldn't go back inside immediately. Someone may have seen them leave together. As he waited, he looked out to the city. From the top of the ten-story building, the view was really magnificent. When he had waited long enough, he turned to leave. His eyes fell on her still form and felt a tinge of regret. I was actually starting to like you, Amy. It's a pity you had to go and represent the wrong clients, he thought. He stepped past her and walked on. A thought crossed his mind as he reached the door. Parties can be the death of you. At the Party was written by A. Dwe Mudachi. This is his third contribution to the podcast. His other two stories are Conversations with a Lunatic and an audience favourite, White Rabbit Through the Looking Glass. Mudachi is currently working on his first novel that has the working title Dark Bane and his fantasy fiction. As we continue sailing through these uncharted waters globally, I hope you're following whatever guidelines that have been put out in place to protect you and your loved ones from the COVID-19 virus. Please keep safe, folks. Nipe's story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. You can follow us here on SoundCloud, on Facebook, we are Nipe Story. Twitter, our handle is Nipe underscore story. And our email address is producer at fingerpiano.co.ke. You can use that if you'd like to submit your short story for consideration. Nipe Story is a Finger Piano production. <laughs>